the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This on-demand presentation from Talk910.com. This is Rob Black. Hear the Rob Black Show every weekday from 10 to noon Pacific Time on 910 AM, more stimulating talk, San Francisco. Thanks for your support. Enjoy the show. Live from the Bay Area, your money, your life. This is Rob Black. Hello. Welcome in to the Rob Black Show. It's me, Rob Black. Is this thing on? Can you hear me? It's 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls on the air. I got a new program director here at Clear Channel, and he's basically said, hey, whatever you think the last program director told you to do wrong, kill it. Whatever you want to do, do it. So my head is crazy, crazy messed up with what direction I should go in. Should I go more hardcore business? Should I get more a little bit into the stock picking? Should I get more about how to invest when you're 20s or 30s? Should I get more into the odd entertaining news? What do you want me to do? I think this is a good time for you to chime in, listener. You can call in and say you want more crazy stock ideas. And I could say, wow, you got Jim Cramer for that. You could say, I want more basic tips, hints, and strategies. And I could add that. Um, what do you want? I can tell you this. I'm a Generation X guy, Wall Street background, analyst background, incredibly smart with money, not so good with women or cars, not so good with sports. Yeah, I'm okay with sports. You know, yeah, it's okay. I'm a, I'm a man, 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 man. I drink whiskey on occasion, have a cigar on occasion. Pretty low-key lifestyle. Made a lot of money in my 20s and 30s. And uh, how shall we say, I know that making money sometimes is about not making mistakes. I know that making money sometimes is about having a good credit rating so that you can get a great mortgage price. I know that making money is not paying off your mortgage. There's a lot of things that I can teach you when it comes to money. On top of that, what I do is I talk a lot of digital lifestyle. TiVo's in the news today. They got a new TiVo box coming out. Remember when TiVo first came out, how great it was and how everyone just awed and guffawed over it? Guffaw. I don't even know what guffaw means, but it sounds good, right? For all I know, I just made that up. You tell me what you want, and I'll do it on this show. You can do it in a number of formats. Email rob at robblack.com. Rob at robblack.com. Do you want more features? Features are big in radio. Like the top 10 things about the top 10 things that you don't know about. Radio loves that because it consumes time and it keeps you, the listener, there. And if we get you there long enough, click there goes another rating point higher. So it's a good question. Do you want me to do more news, less news? More business, less business? More stocks, less stocks? You tell me. I'm uh, easy pleasy when it comes to it. Now, in the first segment, what I'm trying to do right now is, is come up with a moral question each and every day. Something to make you pick up the phone and call in tied towards something that's in the business headlines. And today, there's three things in the business headlines that all tie together. For instance, let's start with thing number one. The United States Senate 
They passed a stopgap legislation to keep benefits flowing for the long-term jobless and provide funding for road-building projects. The 78-19 to 19 vote came after Republican J- Senator Jim Bunning, who blocked the move for days. He dropped his objections amid pressure from his own party. He argued that the bill is going to add $10 billion to the federal deficit. As existing legislation has expired, thousands have faced losing benefits. Typically, unemployment benefit in California is about $300 a week. That ain't a lot of money. So, okay, so that's the first big concept. I'm going to tie it together with two more concepts in just a second. That first big concept, I'll boil it down for you. Government promises to take care of us. Second big concept is Greece today. They've approved a plan for new taxes and pay cuts. The Greek prime minister, a guy named George Papadadroul, I know I mispronounced it. Don't hold me against it. Um, he basically announced $4.8 billion or $6.6 billion of deficit cuts. Now, in the United States, we don't cut deficits. We increase deficits. He's trying to convince European allies and investors he can tame the region's biggest budget gap. Greek bonds rose their highest in three weeks. So, ultimately, there's some new measures, including higher fuel, higher tobacco, and higher sales taxes. So in order to cut his deficit, he's raising taxes. The plan's also going to cut by about 30% three bonus salary payments to civil servants. Public workers already had their wages frozen and benefits cut, and unions have called for new strikes. Greece is in a mess. Greece is messing up the European Union, and Greece is messing up the EU, the currency. Now, the premier, he's risking a backlash at home. Basically, he's kowtowing to the demands coming out of the European Union. The European Union says, we'll bail you out, but only and only if you slash your deficit and cut some of your promises. Okay, so story number one, United States extends jobless benefits. Story number two, they gave us more promises. The United States did. Story number two is Greece is taking away. They've got too much debt. They're taking away promises and they're raising taxes. Now out of Washington, D.C. this morning, there's a big story. Never mind about mortgaging the future. By running up monster deficits as it's struggling to keep the economy growing, the Obama administration is setting the stage for sharply higher taxes down the road. What's this mean? Like, I got to give you a little background education on taxes because let's face it, taxes aren't sexy. Thong bikinis, sexy. Taxes, not sexy. Women getting liquored up at parties and hitting on you, sexy. Taxes, not so much. Now, it's an absolute certainty our deficit's going higher, and to me, it's an absolute certainty taxes are going to go higher because it's really tough to cut our deficits in the United States, to cut our spending. Now, the easier option is quantitative easing. Now, quantitative easing is the concept where we print money. When you do that, it cuts down on your currency's value because you're making more of it, and it kills your sovereign debt, and it triggers a cycle of hyperinflation the likes the United States probably has never seen nor will see if we continue that path. Now, hiking taxes, it's less dramatic. It's less traumatic. And you only hike taxes when basically Congress has the risk of inaction. When people on the street go, what the hell are you guys going to do or I'm going to vote you out? So they tend to only respond to financial crisis when there's an external shock like a credit crisis. Like terrorism. There has to be something huge to get Congress motivated. And nothing's going to be done in Obama's first term to increase taxes. The question is, is, does he get a second term? Now, higher taxes are coming soon. And let me give you an idea. Last year, 
British Prime Minister Gordon Brown. He raised his country's tap mar- tap top marginal tax rate to fifty percent from forty percent. So if you make three hundred thousand dollars in England, you give one hundred fifty thousand away to the government. Boom, half. That's pretty darn high. Keep in mind the United States is at thirty five percent our top tax bracket. Now Gordon Brown, British Prime Minister. He basically borrowed $1 trillion over the next five years. He brought his country's debt load to 79% of GDP by 2013. We're way below that in the United States. We're not even close to that. But our tax rate is a lot lower. So the question is, are we going to increase our top tax rate from 35% to 45% in the next 10 years? I think we do. On top of it, you peons who aren't making the 35% tax break bracket, you'll probably get another 1% or 2% on your tax bracket. Because to, to justify hitting the rich with 10%, you got to go after the, the lower incomes with at least 1% to 2%. Now, you know in the United States, the top marginal tax rate of all time was 94%. Where if you made $100, they took 94 Now, that was in the final years of World War II. Now, for the 1940s and, and into the 1950s, that remained above 90% for most of the 1950s where they would take 9 out of $10 from you. Now, it held st- steady at 70% in the 1970s. Then Republican Ronald Reagan came in, and he was known as the great tax buster, and he basically shaved the top bracket down to a 28%. So we went from 90% to 70% to 28%. He also increased the tax bracket on the 14 15%ers up to 15%. So the question is, is how do you feel, how comfortable do you feel in the United States that we're going to have to raise taxes. Do you think that's the right thing to do? Or do you think it's deficit, deficit spending cutting? Well, like Greece today said they're going to cut $6 billion. I'm like, woohoo! You mean a government actually taking away what they promised? I mean, look at California. We've got programs on top of programs on top of programs on top of programs. We need to basically take away everything we've ever promised and reevaluate. Let's look at it from a 21st century set of eyeballs, not a 20th century set of eyeballs. Problem in the United States is our our taxes, our public debt to our GDP is going to go from sixty percent to eighty two percent by twenty nineteen, and you're already seeing what seventy nine percent of GDP is doing to Britain, where they've already upped their tax rate to fifty percent to cover it. Okay, so should the United States start cutting back? That's the moral question of the day. Should we take away what we've promised on a California basis, on a federal basis? Should we? I think it's a good question. How, do you, how comfortable do you feel with 50% taxes or 60% taxes? If you're an endocrinologist, if you're someone who does radiation testing on people, if you're someone who can rip open my chest and fix my heart, how comfortable do you feel saying that your tax rate's going to go higher? You cool with that? 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Let's go to San Francisco. Tim, Tim, what say you? Tim, 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 Tim. It's not a show without a bad phone call or two. Hello? Hey, Tim. I'm sorry. Um, last year, I bought Ford at 526 in March. Um, it closed yesterday at 1264. I'm thinking of selling it and buying a stock called China Natural Gas, which is CHNG, uh, which I've heard a lot about um, 
I guess China is increasing its reliance on natural gas from 3% to 10% over the next few years. And I'm just wondering what you think of that. Or should I hold on to Ford? What do you think? Oh, God, those are two totally different questions. Uh Uh-oh. You made money on Ford, and thanks for the call. What I would do with Ford is whatever you decided to do when you first bought it, um, you bought basically a distressed company. You've ridden it uh, for more than a double. You could sell half and let the other half ride for you if you want to do that. That's not a bad strategy as far as there's no more risk for the foreseeable future. With China Natural Gas, you might be in a little bit over your head because they're, they're located in Nanlu, just outside Beijing. And I'm like, where the hell is Nanlu? And honestly, where the hell is Beijing? I can't find it on a map unless the map says Beijing and has a star right next to it. China Huangling Group is one of China's five largest power conglomerates. The company oversees the national government's interest in 10 subsidiaries, including Hongpeng Power International. They develop and operate more than 85 thermal and hydropower plants. It's a play on the long-term growth of China. So if your portfolio needs international exposure, China exposure, I got no problem. I would prefer you do it with a mutual fund or an index fund that gets you 10 Chinese stocks versus one. Demand for electricity is driven by industrial and commercial activity and population growth. Profitability of individual companies depends on the efficiency of their operations and economies of scale. I got no problem with this concept of picking up a Chinese power company. I'd prefer you cut your risk by picking up 10 companies or 20 companies in an exchange-traded fund or like a, a Matthews China fund. That's what I would prefer. Now, again, Ford, that's a totally different ball of wax. So you had a winner, winner, chicken dinner on it. No no harm in selling some of it to diversify. Maybe take it all off the table. You think glory days are ahead for the American automakers? I'd rather own like Ford's debt, a bond, than actually own Ford. 800-345-5639. How do you feel about higher taxes coming down the road? What ideas would you change in the show if you could change the show's ideas? You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com, or call 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I'm your financial buddy. I'm the guy who's going to be honest with you and give you a fiduciary's take on money issues. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to mislead you. I'm not going to sell you crappy product that my bosses want me to sell you. That's the problem with a lot of the people that you work in the industry. Their, Their banks or their brokers say, this is the best product. And they don't take the time to properly learn what is. They don't have an independent voice. They don't have an independent insight. I see it way too often. Oh, I'd just be careful when you're working with anyone financially. You just got to figure out where they're coming from and how does it apply to you. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-345-5639 to get your calls in the air. Um, probably the big theme of the show today that I'm trying to establish is that our taxes are going to go higher in the next 10 years. We've ballooned our deficit spending. We've ballooned it. It's If you look at a, a chart of it, it's like, whoa, that looks like the Empire State Building. It, it suddenly was like small building, small building, small building, then boom, it's huge. So our taxes are going to go higher. How, how do you feel about that? If you have a kid that you want to be a top earner, how do you feel about 50% of his salary, 60%, 70% going to the tax man? Now, again, most of us don't have that you know, $250,000, dollars $400,000, $500,000 income. 
So it's tough. It's easy for us to go, tax them. I don't care. Screw them. Screw the rich. How about taking the potential or the angle that it's your kid who has that job? Maybe that'll make you think a little bit more about it. Maybe. Let's get a phone call. Let's go to Kyle in San Jose. Kyle? Yeah, hey, just just a, you know, a quick comment on screw the rich. I think what you, they, people need to think about is, you know, screw my boss. You know, if you, if you put, put more uh, expenses on his, on his uh, table, how's that going to affect your salary? Um, so that, that's, that's not the reason for my call. What I, what I was curious is from you is what's the pros and cons to moving away from a, a salary-based tax, an income tax, and uh, and moving more towards the usage tax, where you spend the money, then you know, just like we've got our sales tax, more of a sales tax based uh, taxation. Yeah, you're starting to get a little bit out of my area of of, of knowledge base because, like, a value added tax on on other issues which Europe has. I know there's been talk for years and years and years, and I don't know if it's ever going to fly, just because it's. It's outside of most people's comfort zone, you know, of doing a flat rate tax. And, and I think the flat rate tax is basically making the sales tax instead of, I, I mean, I, I own a small business and that, that you know, the economy is low, everybody's tight on money, and let's raise the tax to 9, you know, 9.25 uh, instead of 8.25 down in Santa Clara County. But at the same time, if we had a flat 20% sales tax and no income tax. I don't know what the I don't know what the pros and cons of that would be. I've heard, you know, you hear extremists extremists on both ends saying, yeah. "Oh, this is the only way to go," and other people say, "You're crazy." And I yeah, just, doing I this for yeah, thanks for the call. Doing this for 15 plus years, I can tell you that it ain't gonna happen. Um, Steve Forbes, who I've had a couple conversations with. Uh, is a big flat tax kind of guy. And there's all sorts of different types of tax. Um, that's considered a consumption tax. And in Europe, they have a lot of consumption taxes. In Russia, they have a consumption tax. And they're not like having sex with donkeys. It's not like, you know, the monkeys are ruling the the, the people and the people are in the cages. It's it's not like pigs are flying. It's not that crazy. Value-added tax or goods and services tax. It's a consumption tax. It's levied on any value. That is added to a product. In contrast to a sales tax, it's slightly different. Value-added tax is seen as a neutral with respect to the number of passages that there have been and, you know, if people are good with it or bad with it. I probably would be a little bit better with some value-added taxes thrown out. Personal and consumers of products and services cannot recover value-added tax on purchases. There's a lot of problems with it. I think our tax code is broken um, when the average person can't figure out what their tax rate is going to be this year, and when it's all said and done, only 40% of Americans are actually paying taxes uh, for everyone. It's crazy. So I think uh, more importantly, the, the issue that I want to get to is I'd love California came up with some sort of crazy proposition that that allows someone, legislature and or governor, to start backing out of promises we made 40 years or more ago start saying this is ludicrous this is is not what we envisioned this is not where we saw california going sorry sorry veteran we're going to take away some of your salary that we've promised you in retirement but we didn't know you were going to live to 95 years old i know it's politically never going to fly it would take someone like meg whitman and i hate to say this someone who ain't going to have a long political career to go in and get something done that would actually benefit our country but i don't see it happening and thanks for the call 800 Three four five five six three nine. It's eight hundred three four five five six three nine to get calls on the air. 
Go to David in Centerfell. How you doing, Rob? I love the show. I wish I had heard of you 20 years ago. I'm 41, and I have a 10-month-old daughter, and my wife and I you know, don't have a lot of money saved up. So we, we, we purchased a house a year ago, and I'm just trying to figure out what, you know, we're trying to, you know, we have money set aside uh, for college for her, but I'm trying to figure out what I can do for her, you know, my own, you know, so that I don't leave her with, um, you know, I'd like to leave her something other than debt. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think so. And 10-month-old is wonderful, isn't it? Absolutely. She's just fabulous. She's just starting to do the Frankenstein walk. She's starting to get around now. It's great. Girls walk sooner than boys, and once they start walking, you're going to hate it, because uh, suddenly watching TV while you're watching the kid, that's over. So, no, no, we, don't, we, don't, we really don't watch television when she's around anyway, trying to, trying to just keep that out for a little while anyways, until a year, maybe. So your basic question is, how do you save for college for the kid, or how do you save overall for yourself so that you don't become a burden to the kid? What is it? I guess that would be. I guess that would be it. I don't want to leave her with a burden. You know, we are setting aside money for a college fund, and we have grandparents that are, you know, really helping out in, in that in that field. But so that you know, we have a house that we haven't paid for, and you know that type of stuff. So I'm just trying to figure it out before I'm, you know, like I said, I'm 40. By the time I'll be 60, she'll be 20. I'm just trying to make it so that yeah. I don't want to want to leave her with a bunch of debt and whatnot. So your debt or her debt. My own, really. Actually, I guess actually, it would be my wife's. What do you think? Well, what, what's your debt issue? What's your debt issue? I don't get it. Um. Uh. Well, I guess it's the house that isn't paid for. Okay. Know, that, that's that's something, and then there is some credit card debt that I incurred. You know, that like when we married my wife, that we have together, which is maybe you know, it's not that much really. We've been paying it off. I guess I'm just nervous. How, about, much, how much credit card debt? Uh, maybe ten thousand. Okay. And how much do you have saved for your nest egg? Uh, maybe 20,000, not very much. And how old are you, David? I'm 41. 41, holy mackerel. Yeah. Um, it's about $10,000 in credit card. Okay, what I'll do, um, David, is during the commercial break, and I have to break here, unfortunately, I'll put together some ideas and I'll ramble through them when we come back, because I think you're probably more common than uncommon as far as where people are standing with their savings and their, their frustrations and their, their issues. And thanks for the call, David. I will get to your content um, right after this break. 800-345-5639. It's 800-345-5639. I'll ramble on. He's got a kid, 10-month-old. I can respect that. Um, we'll talk about how he's go. Oh, she's going to start getting molars soon in about two, three months. Watch out, dude. Watch out. She's going to turn on you. 800-345-5639. It's Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m. More stimulating talk. Rob Black. I talk all things financial. I'm kind of like your big brother of money, but on occasion I talk about something kind of cool that's happened in technology in your home, uh, digital lifestyle issues, because that intrigues me and it's part of my life. I have to imagine it's part of your life too. Can you afford to kick Comcast out of your life? You pay them $100 a month and get free internet? Well, you could on some levels, but Hulu, for instance, today, they're saying that Viacom is pulling Comedy Central from them and pulling the shows like the Colbert Report from Hulu, which is free Internet TV. So maybe you can, maybe you can't. I'll talk about those issues on a regular basis. Now, coming up in less, about three weeks, I'm going to have an absolutely positively not required super secret 
Uh, super spectacular birthday party at O'Neill's in San Mateo. What's a birthday party I've been here at Clear Channel for about a year? I like celebrating those things. I like marking the occasions. When I was younger, I didn't have time. But you know what? My time's ticking in my media career, and therefore, I party when I can. I'll have a 12-month birthday party. I'll have a 13-month birthday party. I'll have a 13-month-and-a-half birthday party, if you know what I'm saying. It's coming up at O'Neill's on March 25th in San Mateo. More details to come. Also, later in the second hour of the show, we got David Spark. He's a super smart technology guy. You've seen him on public television. And he's going to be talking from the RSA Security Conference at the Moscone and giving us an update of what he's seeing. Therefore, you can stay at work and not have to go out and find this stuff. And before we went to break, we were talking with a man who's 41 years old and has a 10-month-old daughter. That's so cool. That first year and a half is the craziest thing. It's a miracle. It's wonderful. But the moment you decide to have a baby and you start knocking boots with a spouse, that's $250,000 to raise a kid from 0 to 17. It's also other issues. Does one spouse stay at home and and retard and curb her earning power? Or does he stay at home? I met a Canadian over the weekend who uh, is a stay-at-home dad, and I think that's kind of cool and kind of noble. Or do both parents work and do you hire a nanny? Or do you have family that could take care of it? You know, if if both parents work, you can increase your earning power and and really kind of recoup some of those costs. Now, keep in mind that when the kid turns 17, 18 and goes to college, it's another $250,000. My best friend went to a community college for two years and then transferred to Harvard for two years. He's got a degree from Harvard. Not a four-year degree from Harvard, but a two-year degree from Harvard. No one knows. First two or three years after college, yeah, some people will find out. But four or five years, he's like, I'm from Harvard. So you're going to have to get creative. When you have a kid, first thing you do is you, you secure your income. You get disability insurance. When you're age 20 to 60, best thing you got going for you is your ability to earn income. So you get disability insurance. If you get hit by a car tonight, can't walk, you're maimed, you need income. Now, disability insurance will cover 60% of your current income until you retire, age 60. I got disability insurance. Next thing you do is get term life insurance, 20 years. For the kid, what I say? It's $250,000 to raise him? Get $250,000. You want to pay for his college and be a good, noble daddy? Get $500,000. In case you get hit by a bus. Because disability insurance doesn't cover if you get hit by a bus and you die. So those are two of the most important things. Next thing, get realistic. You're 41 years old. Living in Marin. you got $10,000 in credit card debt. That has to go. When you're 20, you can have credit card debt. But when you're 40, time to, to, to mature and buck up. You cut cable today. You cut all restaurants today. You get rid of that, that credit card debt. You're not entitled to go to a, to a restaurant until you have no credit card debt. Do I sound a little bit like um, Sue Orman? Oh, no, don't tell me. I don't want to be that person. $20,000 in savings? Look, you're not going to have enough to retire on in California. So realistically, you just got to start planning that. Or if you do retire in California, it's going to be Central California, like Sacramento or Stockton. It ain't going to be Marin. Because you need a good $100,000 by age 40. To really get that money ramped up to two hundred, to four hundred, to uh, to eight hundred thousand by the time you're sixty, you really need time on your side, and you're running out of time. So you may want to start thinking. Honestly, I'm not going to retire in this state. There's nothing wrong with the Pacific Northwest. You could live like a king there. I've honestly thought about leaving the Bay Area because of the nine and a half percent state income tax and the nine and a half percent sales tax. It's the most ridiculous thing on the planet. I lose twenty percent of my money. Just for living here, I love California. California women are all that in a bucket of chicken. But I don't know. Next thing I got to tell this this caller, 
you got to save 15 or 20% of every salary, of every paycheck from now on until you're age 60. Next thing I got to say is college is optional. You don't have to pay for it. There's, there's credit. You can uh, help your kid get into the credit card debt, not credit card debt, but loan debt. There's grants. There's things along those lines. I would find out about saving for college at savingforcollege.com. Savingforcollege.com. Um, and we get grandparents involved. There's a good website called You Promise, which is absolutely free. And you punch in your visa or your MasterCard number. And if you shop at Safeway, for instance, ching 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 they throw a couple pennies into your kid's 529 plan. It adds up, not quickly. But what's cool about it is you could do it, your wife could do it, your brother could do it, your uncle could do it, your grandparents could do it. They could all help little junior, or, or um, in your case, what do you call a girl? Not junior. Little princess. They could all help little princess fund her college. Um, that's some of the basic ideas. There's a good website if you want to teach kids about money called jumpstartcoalition.org. Jumpstartcoalition.org. And they're determined to teach, you know, high school kids about money. And that's a long time away. Um, but that's what I would I, There's a good book you have to read as a, a parent. New Rules About Money. It's 88 chapters. You're not going to agree with them all. By Rick Elliman. E-D-E-L-E-M-N-A-N. That's good. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. I think I hit all the basics on that call. I think disability and term life. He may not think of that, but I thought about that for him. Rick and Martinez. Rick? Hi, Rob. I called yesterday about ETFs versus the individual stocks. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but mostly uh, energy stocks and oil services. Um, The rest of my question was, I noticed that the dividends are much lower than the ETFs. Is there a reason for that? Um, they may have a lot of cash on hand. I mean, I, I, w- I don't want to speak for all ETFs because I've seen some ETFs with some crazy dividends on the high end. Um, I would just look at the holdings. I think that'll probably show you that the blended, that they've probably got a little bit more exposure to growth, um, a little bit less exposure to dividends in that scenario. But no, there's nothing fundamentally that an exchange-traded fund, which is like a mutual fund, but it trades like a stock where you could buy it any time during the day. There's nothing that, that fundamentally makes them have lower dividends other than the fact that they're going to get more diversified than some of the bullet shot plays that you're looking at. All right. Okay, thanks. So thanks for the call. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. It's 800-345-5639. Coming up at O'Neill's, March 25th, I got my super secret birthday party bash extravaganza, spectacular, spectacular, get together. It's going to be like four to seven in the afternoons. It'll be a fun time. Uh, Clear Channel's putting a little bit of backing behind it. They're actually going to send some peeps out. And uh, so we'll have some things that we give away, like a, ooh, a monitor, a 21-inch uh, plasma monitor. Um, pretty cool, right? So we'll, more details coming, 800-345-5639. But that's March 25th, San Mateo at O'Neill's. Uh, what's your thought? Higher taxes, you cool with it for all our spending? Or are you ready to start rolling back pr- promises that we made 40 years ago? 800-345-5639. It's the Rob Black Show, 910 AM. More stimulating talk. <laughs> song to step on like you just want to listen to it but that's not good radio especially since i'm paid to do a radio show 800-345-5639 it's 800-345-5639 maybe later this week people can come over to my house and listen to music with me <laughs> i won't do it on the air let's get a phone call let's get a gina in san mateo 
Hey, Rob. Hey. Uh, so my question is about uh, bonds in a portfolio. Uh, my understanding is as you get older, you're supposed to have a higher percentage of bonds because they're lower risk. But um, if you're in a situation where you, you, know, you have enough income from your salary and you don't want to be in a higher tax bracket and you don't really need uh, the income from bonds. It's kind of crap, Gina. And I have a question for you before I answer your question. How many people ask you, do you know Gina Lolo Brigida? No. Okay. So no one, <laughs> no one ever asks. Because for some reason, when I see Gina, I think, go that direction. Anyway, um, Bonds, how old are you, Gina? I'm 41. My husband's 49. Ooh, you married an older man. <clears throat> or, he, ooh, he married a younger woman, whichever way you would look at it. Now, I heard a, a, a baby or a brat or a kid in the background. Yeah. Is that true? Yep, that's fine, little one. <laughs> okay, and both, the, do you have an income or just the husband? Both of us. Okay, so you're making enough money. The question is, what percentage should I be in bonds? And how much have you saved, Gina? We've saved a good amount. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So y'all are doing good. You got some real estate. You you're, you're, you got a good, maybe a million dollars, half a million? A million, yeah. Okay, good. So you're, you are doing great. Um, yeah. I would probably put the bonds that you do have in a qualified retirement plan so you're not paying taxes on the income. And I would move, okay. I would move some of your growth stocks or your growth investments into regular accounts um, that have a lower capital appreciation tax on them. Um, to start with, next thing, you and I both grew up, Gina, and you're not that much older than me. Uh, we both grew up with like, you're, you should have whatever your age is in bonds minus a hundred. So you take a hundred minus 41 and you should have 59% of your money in bonds. I think okay. that's crap. I think that's very 20th century, early 20th century. Um, what I would do is I would have three years of expenses as you head towards retirement in cash or cash equivalents. And then I would figure out, do you have enough to live off till the day you die? And if you do, you're a lot more conservative with it. And if you don't, you're a little bit more growthy with it. But I don't think you have to have a large portion of bonds at this point in your life. With that said, Gina, paying taxes ain't a bad thing. Like, if I can be in the highest tax bracket this year, I'll take it. Right, right, sure. Um, So, now, with that said, make sure you max out the 401k, great tax deduction. Um, I would consider funding your kid's 529 plan, great tax-deferred growth. After that, I would consider a a taxable account investment in growth stocks. After that, I would consider maybe an annuity with Fidelity or Vanguard that's um, low cost and doesn't have an insurance salesman tied towards it as a way of getting tax-deferred growth. But the taxable income on that is going to be higher later in life. Okay. So, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. So, so if the bonds are in an IRA, uh, the income from it, can it sort of be, is it possible to reinvest, like you reinvest dividends or anything like that, or is it just... Absolutely. You mentioned that would not be taxed. I don't quite understand that. Well, you would be taxed on the income, even if you are reinvesting it. So you can um, have your broker setups that every time a company pays you a dividend, you're buying another share of that company. Um, some people like doing that. Some people like doing it on a quarterly basis, sometimes on an annual basis, semi-annual basis. But um, yeah, I don't think paying taxes is such a bad thing. I would just make sure that your your portfolios are set up tax efficiently so that uh, your income is inside of your 401k or your IRA or your Roth or your 403b. And on the outside, the extra money that you have is in more growth investments that you don't plan on turning over on a regular basis. Right. Okay. So thanks cool. for the call. So good luck, Gina. 800-345-5639 to get your calls in there. Let's go to Scott in San Francisco. Scott? 
Hey, how's it going, Ralph? Good, sir. Okay, well, I got a couple of questions about how much I should be putting into my retirement account and um, what kind of uh, I want to get into some stocks, but um, I really don't know where to start or what company to buy stocks through or if I should do it through a corporation or a company and just let them handle it or what your advice to me would be. How old are you, Scott? I'm 27. And you're ask? Do you have a 401k at your office? I, I do have a 401k through an old company, okay. and um, so my you know wife what? has a little bit of retirement, but that has to stay with her company. And um, I just opened up a new retirement account through the company that I'm with. Now, when you say retirement account, is it a 401k? Is it an yeah, IRA? 401k? I have a 401k right now with about fourteen thousand good in it, and um, but I can't if I touch it they take back, because I no longer work for the company, they take back a percentage of what the company invested into it. Um, that, doesn't it, sound, it that doesn't sound right. I've okay. never heard a company taking back after they've given you. Okay. Um, so I would check into that. And what I would probably do, Scott, and thanks for the call, you're 27, is you have to save 10 to 15% of every dollar you make. So with your new 401k, have the deduction be 10 to 15%. Minimum. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Live off that if you can, because basically you work from age 20 to 60 and you have to live off it from 60 to 100. Now, with that out there as a concept, you have an old 401k because you've left it. You've left the company. Me, you, a lot of people in our generation, well, your generation, well, I'm generation X, but we'll leave our companies a lot. And a lot of times we leave our 401ks. Now, what I would do is when you leave a 401k, as I'd call 800 Fidelity or 800 Vanguard. And say, I've got an old 401k. I need a rollover. And they will walk you through it, Scott. Those 800 numbers are so damn helpful. They will fill out the paperwork for you and put a little yellow sign here, you know, tab. Um, So any old 401ks roll over to a self-directed IRA. Any current 401ks try to max out. If you need help with your portfolios, there's a good website called Morningstar.com, Morningstar.com that can help you analyze how much you have, how old you are, and what your diversification should look like. If you don't want to use Morningstar.com, there's a good website called FinancialEngines.com, and I think they do a lovely job of showing you some portfolio ideas as well. Um, I think I hit everything that you kind of asked for. I think I did. Um, let's, and if you have more, God, I mean, I, I hate pushing this guy's book. I've got a book. At Amazon.com. I hate it. I think it's good. It's pretty. It's got nice charts, but I just hate the photo of me on it. I think the content's good, but the photo of me, I kind of look bloated. I don't like looking bloated. I'd push my own book, but I don't want you seeing me bloated. So, um, yeah, I got a book out there, but I think the better book is Rick Edelman's The Truth About Money, or I'm sorry, The New Rules About Money. His other books, The Truth About Money, crap. Crap, 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 crap. Um, you know, the myths about Walter, crap, crap, crap. All of his books are crap, except for the new rules about money. I think he's kind of become kind of bloated with his own ego over time. But uh, it's an old book. He updates it a co- every couple of years, and uh, I think it's good. So it's E-D-E-L-M-A-N. Parents, get your kids that and get your kids a subscription to Kiplinger. Um, I think those are the two best I, things you could do for kids coming out of college or 30-somethings. Let's go to Art in Sonoma. Art? Yeah. Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. Uh Wish you'd been around when I was young. <laughs> I've been around for a long time. Not I've, as long as me. I've stolen uh, many a souls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I've got a son who just got out of college last summer, and he's got a decent job. Uh, and I, since I've been listening to you, I've been harping on him. You've got to save every cent you can save. Yeah. Especially now because he's living at home at the moment. Good. And I'm not charging him any rent. He's Good not man. paying, you know, not paying for much of anything except his own vehicle with gas. Okay. But, um, I don't know how to advise him as far as starting up an IRA for himself. Uh, his, his employer does have a 401k program, but it doesn't kick in until after a year. Uh, and he's only been with him three or four months. Okay. So, uh, I don't think he should be waiting for that. Uh, so. Right. How does he, how does he, you know, set up his own IRA? That's basically the question. And, and if he is not versed in um, in stocks or bonds or okay. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. what to do, Super. I, I don't know that a self-directed makes sense for him. Maybe it's better if he just gave some somebody the money and that they invested. As no, 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 no. Don't get him dependent on other people. Teach, oh, okay. teach the boy to fish, and he'll, he'll appreciate it much more, Art. I'll run through some ideas. First and foremost, he should call Fidelity, 800 Fidelity, and say, I'm a 20-something-year-old kid. I live at home. I make X amount of dollars. And they've got what are called Fidelity Freedom Funds. I'm not crazy about them, but they're pretty good. And the whole idea is, let's say he's 20, and we live in the year 2010 right now. So he's going to retire in 2050, maybe 2060. And Uh and the fund is called Fidelity 2050, (laughs) Fidelity 2060, and it's great. And it's the only fund he has to have, and it figures out, let's go growth while the dude's young. And when he starts when we start hitting years 2040, 2045, 2050, let's go a little bit more conservative. So it automatically changes over time. Um, he could set it up with his bank so it takes out $200 a month. I think that's a great idea. It's a good start. He has to learn that you cannot touch this money. It's not money for TV. It's not money for a vacation. It's not money for you know, uh, getting married. Those are totally different ideas. It's his retirement. It's nest egg. It's, it's, he has to think of it as... Untouchable. My brother Michael dipped into his untouchable 401k in the 1990s, and he's going to work till the day he dies. Um, now, he has to learn that everything is optional. Health club membership, optional. Entertainment, optional. Cell phone with uh, AT&T's uh, iPhone, the Jesus phone, optional. Clothes, pretty much so optional. Um, that's where I would start, and, and I'll give you some more ideas, and thanks for the call. And for the record, letting your son live with you, I think that's very cool, very noble. You're a good man, especially since you sound so grounded. Uh, You're probably not making your kid jump through hoops. Like, you know, you can only live here if you are home by 10 o'clock. It's cool. I think that's very, very noble. I don't want it to go on for too long because I do want him to go out there and learn, you know, how to be social. I do want him to go out there and learn how to interact with others and how to pay bills on time um, and not to always count on you. If I was 20 years old, I would have a plan. First and foremost, I'd have a budget. Where would I get a budget? I'd go to mint.com, mint.com, M-I-N-T.com, and plug in my bank account, and boom. It'll tell me everything that I'm spending, and it'll give me a budget. It'll tell me that I'm some months I spend 5,000 buckaroos, some months I spend 2,000 buckaroos. So mint.com, and another website, justthrive.com. I think both are very good tools for young people, justthrive.com. I would live within my means. Um, tell him to stop doing the $200 dinners with girlfriends. Tell him to stop doing the trips to Mexico. Tell him to, you know, live within your means. If you make 60000 or 30000 a year, you need to save what's 15% of that and then live off the rest. So you got to do that. 
Um, it's critical. So he needs to be saving four or $5,000 a year at this point in time. In my opinion, I think it's more important than anything else. I think he needs to make saving a habit. If he could do it every month with Fidelity where he's sending in $200 automatically out of his bank account so he doesn't actually have to write a check, it's a habit, and it's a good habit. Later, in the next couple of months, when he leaves the nest, and in case he loses his job, he doesn't have to move home, and he also doesn't have to tap into his 401k. He should pay off all credit cards. Credit cards are evil. Credit cards are inane. They're awful. Start investing. Roth IRA, if it's after-tax money, which is in right now, call 800-FIDELITY. I want a Roth IRA. And I'd start with a Fidelity 2050 fund. Good start. If he was an English major who can recite poetry and woo women, tell him to go back to college and get another degree. Because poets don't make a lot of money in our society. And sure, it's great for wooing women, but he'll always have that skill. Now he has to go get a skill that's going to earn him some do-re-mi. Um, tell him to marry wisely. Oh, I don't think anyone should be allowed to get married until they're 25. I truly believe that, or at least until they've had 10 lovers. And I know that's controversial, but I want people to know what's out there. I want them to see, you know, there's crazy, there's good, there's wholesome, there's wonderful, there's surfer girls, there's people that you want to, you know, climb mountains with for the rest of your life. You got to figure it out. What we think our definition of love is, it, it changes. So I like people to take a little bit of time. And most importantly, tell your kid to have some fun. I worked my butt off in my 20s and I never saw an episode of Seinfeld. I worked my butt off in my 20s, and although I succeeded financially, I didn't get married, didn't have a kid, I got no friends from my 20s, nothing. I got nothing but a wasteland of scars. So that's what I'd do if I were your parent or if I were your kid's parent. That's, I think, pretty good advice. You're listening to Rob Black Show, 9, 10 a.m., more stimulating talk. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.